Why you greet someone as you take a seat at home? Why don't you do the same? Maybe grab a coffee. <laughs> That's up to you. Well, thank you so much. We've got some people here in the service at our hubs, but we also have some people at homes. And um, I want to welcome you and thank you so much for tuning in. It means a lot to us. And thank you for all being here. It means a lot to us. I understand the road outside's flooded. So, um, and you still came. That's amazing. That's great. Well, last week we had our first, first Sunday of the year and uh, it was an incredible time. And I understand that kids, you have an assignment. Is that true? Elijah, why don't you come up here and tell us a little bit about the assignment and maybe let us know a little, a little bit more and talk to the kids about that. Yep. Good morning, church. Good morning, family. Well, can I just say last week was our first kids service in ages and it was awesome. We had a great time, our leaders had a great time, but can I just thank you parents for having awesome kids. Yeah. Your kids, are a lot, uh, they were a lot of fun. And we have been, as a kids team across all churches, have been putting together something called Kids Quests. Sounds awesome because it is awesome. And every week we're going to give our uh, kids a quest to go on where they're gonna need mum or dad's help, maybe the help of a Bible, to be able to investigate this quest. Oh look, we've actually got it on the board. And yesterday, oh, not yesterday, sorry, last week, we gave the kids a quest. We were talking about the creation of the world and how sin entered the world. And we asked them this question, twofold question. What was God's master plan to save the world? And where can we read about it in the Bible? Maybe the younger kids might be able wow. to smash the top one, but I think those older kids can wow. definitely get both of those. If you haven't had a chance to ask your parents yet, kids at home, kids here, why don't you just turn to your parents now and see where they got the answer? Wow. Oh, what is it? I've got a question. Got some? I've got a question. Is that you up there? It looks uh, just like you. Thank you. Yeah? Half-grown okay. beard. Very on a, on a journey. Sorry. Sorry. Looks like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> would one of you boys, or both you boys, come up here? You always want to give it a go? I think they might have here it. Here we go. These are pretty smart kids. <coughs> here we go. Okay. Why don't you get set up here? Do you want to tell everyone your name and then tell them the answer? Caleb. And what's your answer, Caleb? You want to give it a go? That's a good answer, um, no matter what. I think, Ethan, Ethan I think it was in Genesis 10. Genesis 10, which, okay. Genesis 10. Mum and Dad, are, are they, you might need to call a lifeline. <laughs> You're close. I'll give you a hint. Um, there's four of them, and they're called the Gospels. Do you know any of the names of those ones? Yeah, he got it. Well done. Well done, boys. <laughs> boys, next time at Kids Church, you guys get to go at trying the challenge. If you complete the challenge, you get a prize. Yeah. King for that. So, so that, that is worth doing it. Well done. Get high five. Go sit down. Go give your parents a high five. See them later. Does anyone else want to want to give it a go? I know there was a bit of an answer there, but I'd like to hear if anyone else has an answer. Charlie looks like he's just got a hand. Charlie, do you Prince, want to go? Princess Charlie. Come on up, here she comes. That's Princess Charlie. All right. 
You look beautiful, Charlie. So, Charlie, do you know the answer? What was God's master plan to save the world? And where can you read about it? Do you know that? It's Jesus. It is. Well done. Good job. And, and do you know the second part? You're not sure? That's all right. John 3.16 is a safe bet if you ever say that. Well done, Charlie. You can also have a go at the challenge next Kids Church. Give her a big yeah. clap. She did well. And if there's anyone else that wants to give it a go, they can come uh, to me later and, and tell me the answer. And maybe Pastor Rick can give us another Kids Quest at the end of the message today. Well, I'm going to give you a Kids Quest right now. Maybe you're wondering what this is all about, kids. Well, I'm going to be saying a word as I tell my sermon today. Thank you, Elijah. And if you count how many times I say it correct within, say, 60, you get a lolly. So, Elijah, are you able to count how many times I say the word love? Ooh la la, love. And if you get it close enough, like within 60, you can actually get a, a, a lolly off Elijah and Bethany. Is that cool? So you go to them and you tell them how many times I said it during my message today and we'll be all happy. Got it? Start writing it down, kids. I think I've already said it twice. The word love, ooh la la. Very, very cool. Well, last week I spoke along the lines of our series at the moment and um, our series is Behold All Things Are New. The Bible says we no longer see things the way the world sees them. It says if you be in Christ, you're a new creation. That's why. All things are past. Behold, all things are new. And I believe the Lord spoke to me about this year. That's the words for this year. All things are new. And um, it's nice to be able to have a lot of new freedoms it was this time last year that we found out how serious the pandemic was, 12 months ago. But I don't think that's what he means, just about being released from that sort of thing. I believe it's a supernatural new, and it has a lot to do with being um, a Christian who walks in step with the Holy Spirit. And last week I emphasised about walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And um, along there, I said, look, if you walk in step with the Holy Spirit, you know that he is with you. It's not a guessing game for you. You know his presence is around you. Anytime you can look to God and know that he's listening for you. Not only that, I actually said, when you're in step with the Holy Spirit, you actually hear his voice. He speaks to you. He guides and directs you. You can hear it. I don't have to be so smart. All I have to do is just be a good listener. But not only that, when you are in step with the Holy Spirit, you feel his power with you and his power in you. Power to see miracles, power to break through, power to resist, power to see um, things victorious in your life. And you know what? I think walking according to the Spirit or being in touch with the Spirit or being in step with him is the total key to all that. Well, today, uh, I was thinking about the power of the Holy Spirit. How do you get the power of the Holy Spirit active in your life? Of course, walking with the Spirit. But how does that all work? Well, I'm going to read you a bit of passage today, a bit of scripture. It says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 
He starts talking about the gifts of the Spirit. They're called the power gifts or the charismata. These are the, um, the gifts which are powerful and are meant to be displayed in the church. These are the people who are part of the church have this flowing through their lives. It says in verse 4, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. And there are diversities um, of activities but in, it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Talking about everyone. For to one is given the word of wisdom as a gift through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. The gifts are meant to be active in the church. Words of prophecy. Now it doesn't mean the preacher has to do it every Sunday. I think it's the believer, when the Lord wants you to, he will give you a prophecy to share with someone, both in the church and in the marketplace, everywhere, in your homes, to your children. I spent all of our parenting years of prophesying over our children. You're a great man of God, they don't behave like that. <laughs> You're a great man of God, they don't cry every time they have to share their toys, you know. And um, it's prophetic, we speak words of knowledge and wisdom. I think it's a great thing that the church have these gifts, and nor do I think those gifts are just conclusive. I think there's more than that. I think that you can't put God in a little box of nine little gifts. He's massive, he has these gifts he wants to pour out on the church, and they are powerful. Then after verse 11, Paul goes on to explain how these gifts work within the church. But then we get to verse 31, and he says this, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Earnestly desire them, and yet I show you a better way. He says this, desire, want them, crave that they be in your life, but however, there's a better way. And then the chapter ends. Chapter's over. It's, it's like, you know, that, oh, oh, I've got something really important to tell you, Marcus, and the phone rings. And you just, oh, sorry, and you never get back to him. What's God doing here? He's leaving us hanging on the edge. But of course, the chapters weren't in place when this was written. It's not as if Paul wrote, that's the end of chapter 12. They'll put in much later. So let's go to the very first part of 1 Corinthians 13. So we're going to find out what is the better way than desiring gifts. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, did you get that kids? Do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and, and if I have the faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. Well, that's a bit brutal. 
If I give all I possess to the poor and give my body as hard, uh, to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. Sound like we're in a wedding right now. It does not boast. It is, it is not proud. It does, it, um, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So let's just get this right. Hang on. Hang on. Verse 13. And now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these things is love. So let's get get this right. Desire earnestly the greatest powerful gifts. Desire, yes, I want to be used by God. I really, really want to be used by God. I desire that. But I'll show you a better way. Oh, what's what's the better way? If I speak in the tongues of men and angels and do not have love, I'm a clanging gong and a clanging cymbal. I'm just a bad noise. If I have the gift of prophecy, a great powerful gift, and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, you know, if I don't love people, I am nothing. Wow. The better way is simply to love others. That's what Paul's saying. Yes, I believe in the powerful gifts. I believe they are essential in our lives. But the better way to see them working through my life is just to simply love. How are we going, kids? We're counting? We must be up to, how many are we up to so far? (laughs) How many? 15? (coughs) 15, you better catch up. How are you going there? 18. I think you're right, actually. I'm pretty sure you're right. Do you know love is very important to Jesus? Love was very important to him. Someone asked him once, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus trying to act you know, very upright and pious. You know, What's the greatest commandment, Jesus? He says, love the Lord your God with everything you've got. And then he goes and adds another commandment. <laughs> you've got to understand, the Ten Commandments was everything to the people he was speaking to. And this wasn't one of them. He adds another commandment. He said, and the second one's just like it, why? Love your neighbor as yourself. So I said, oh, well, who's my neighbor? Basically, Jesus goes on to say, anyone who needs you to be. Anyone. Even those you despise, they're your neighbors. Love them like you love yourself. Wow. Wow. It was very important to Jesus. He said this in uh, John chapter 13. He's preparing to go to the cross. He's just finishing his time with his disciples and he, he, he goes, a new commandment I give you, a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you so that you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love was pretty important to Jesus and still is. Right at the very end, Peter comes back to him after denying him, very sorry. And Jesus just simply says, do you love me? That's what he wants to know. Peter, do you love me? I love you, Lord. Good, feed my sheep. In other words, love my sheep. 
Then he asked him a second time, Peter, do you love me? You know I love you, Jesus. Tend to my lambs. In other words, love my little ones. Jesus turns around to him again and says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. Well, tend to my sheep as well. Look after them, feed them, love them. Love was pretty important to Jesus. It was something that was, he talked about a lot and I believe it still is very important to him today that we learn to love. John, his disciple, he understood this. In his letters, he's very, I think he's quite brutal. For a guy who's all about love, he gets in there and he basically says this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, when he wrote this letter. He said, whoever does not, um, sorry, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Verse 20, whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. Oh, ouch. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Wow. Later on, he's talking about it and he says, if you don't love your brother, the love of God is not in you. John's pretty brutal because he understood how important it is to Jesus that we love people. And I think here in 2021, it's very important just to take a recheck. How's my love valve? How's it going? You see, our love for others is the indication of the love of Christ in us. It's the measurement of how much God is at work in us, how much God we've absorbed into our life. You know those old water boilers where they get steam pressure from? Well, you can't see through them because they have to be very thick metal to get the pressure. So you don't know how much water's in there. But if you have a look at a proper boiler, there's this thin glass tube on the outside of it and it will show you the water level. I think your love for others is your thin glass tube showing how much that Jesus is in you. That's the indicator. This is what excited me about the new creation message because it's all about loving others. What excites me about the new creation is this, when we walk in step with God, you can't help but love others. Remember last week, I spoke about the spirit, we can walk in step with the spirit or we can walk according to the flesh. We walk according to the flesh, we can live our ways, our desires, I want my way all the time, my feelings are you know, what matters more than anything else. That's walking according to the flesh. And Paul's saying in Galatians chapter five, no, 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 walk according to the spirit, not the flesh. Let's pick it up, Galatians five, verses 19. Verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. People who live according to the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft. Phew, I haven't done any of them. Oh, hatred, discord, jealousy, oops. Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's because they're walking in the flesh, not because they did those sins. It's because they're walking in the flesh, they don't get to experience the kingdom. 
spoke about that last week. Have a get, download that sermon. It's a great sermon. But then he goes on to say, verse 22. But the fruits of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience or forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against these things there is no law. So if I walk according to the Spirit, love, joy, all these things are not something I have to do, it's because they are something that I am. It's easier. It works through my life. Oh, but Pastor Rick, anyone can love, even a non-Christian can love, that's true. Sometimes they do it much better. But I don't think that's what he's meaning. I don't think he's just talking about an everyday love. Because Jesus didn't talk about an everyday love. He said, love your enemies. Wow, how do you do that? Those who you disagree with. Those who you despise. Love them. How do you do that? Well, the more and more I think about this passage of scripture, I look at it. And what I see in it is a supernatural element, the power of God moving through it. You see, if walking in step with the Spirit is the key to seeing the power of God move through me, and it's also the key to seeing the fruits of the Spirit flow through my life, I don't think you can separate them. Because I think the fruits of the Spirit are powerful and a display of God's power. You see, I think the love he's talking about, which Christians display, those who walk according to the Spirit, is a love that can be loved when no one else can love. You can love when it's not possible. How's that work? Because there's three little things, because there's always three things, all right? Three little things I thought about when I read about this sort of love, but you can apply it to peace. You can apply it to joy. You can apply it to patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of those. But we're gonna apply it to love because I feel right now the world, what the world needs now is love, a sweet love, as Burke Bacharach would say. Want me to sing it, Dave? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No one's joining me, but that's because we're not allowed to, right? Remember, first thing is this. When we are in step with the Spirit again, this love sees what can't be seen. It sees beyond what the natural eye can see. Unfortunately, in the world we live, what we see seems to matter most. You know, you get extremely good looking, like, of course I am. Not hard to love this guy, right? <laughs> I'm joking. I grow a beard to hide this thing. Especially the chins. The world we live in reacts to so much to the eye and what they can see and oh, I love how that person looks. I love that person, why they do this and that. But God's love sees beyond what can be seen. God's love see, helps us to see what's way beyond it. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 says this. I read it to you before. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We see things that others can't see. Then it goes on to say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. We see new. We have new eyes to see through, and they are eyes which love. I watched a movie the other day. I recommend it for you all. It's called Wonder. That little boy who uh, has a face, um, need to have his face fixed up at birth, and a lot of deformities there, you know, and he goes off to school in year five. He'd been homeschooled, but it's time to hit middle school, you know, and he has a horrible time, you know. And there's these stories in there. I don't want to be a spoiler because I'd really love you to see it. I think it's on Netflix. And um, great movie. But there's these stories there of people who had broken relationships and were forming some form of hate until you saw the backstory of what was happening to those people who were displaying hate. They were shunning people, but when you realise that things in their life were mixed up and that was an outward reaction, I felt a love for them. They were being beeps, they were being terrible but I felt a love for them because I saw what others couldn't see. I'm, I'm a chaplain, one of the joys of my job is I get to go into Windsor High School. A chaplain, I get to sit in this class, C2 we call it, and these are kids who have a bit of difficulty learning. And there's one boy in there, and I'll call him today Alex. His name's not Alex. And um, he's very disruptive in the class. He's in year eight, I think. And um, very disruptive. And I used to get really cranky thinking, oh, man, if I could just get that kid in the corner, put him in the corner. Back in the day when we had the cane, remember? He needs the cane, you know. And then I heard his backstory. You see, he's been fostered because his parents were not, his natural parents were not able to cope with him. They weren't able, they didn't have the ability themselves to actually raise him. They, their lives were so messed up. His foster parents are, are freaking out his behavior and they're probably not knowing what to do, you know, because he's reacting to his environment. All of a sudden, look, I've got this love for Alex. Oh my goodness, I just want to help this kid. God gave me the ability to see what's happening in his heart. That's what the Holy Spirit does. We get to see beyond what's happening. I love him. I think I've got Jesus' love for him. You know, I remember talking to a pastor and he said, oh, you know what, we've got these EGRs happening in our church. What's an EGR? I said, like, you've got plenty of them, I'm sure. I said, well, what's an EGR? He said, extra grace required. <laughs> I said, I am that. <laughs> I thank God that he enables us to love EGRs because I don't think the world do. It's something that doesn't happen out in the world. I thank God that my wife loves EGRs because there's plenty of times in my marriage where I needed some extra grace. I look back at our history. I think we're married today, happily loving each other because she loves an EGR. See, that's the Christ in us, extra grace required. Holy Spirit helps us do that. 
The natural Rick doesn't cope well with EGRs. I get frustrated. Oh my goodness. But when the Holy Spirit, I'm in step with the Holy Spirit, EGRs, bring them on. Because I've got grace poured out on me and it overflows. Amen. Helps us to love, see what we can't see, but also love stretches further than what we can reach. This love. You know, Jesus said, you know, you know, anyone loves their friends, but I want you to love your enemies. That's stretching. That's a big stretch, Jesus. We're able to stretch further with our reach, but we'll also be able to stretch further with our capacity because the Holy Spirit's love is in us. It's the gift, it's the powerful gift called the fruit of the Spirit. It's in us. You know, I love Cambodia. Hello, Don and the team. Have you seen what they're doing over there? They baptized another six young people last week. Doing incredible work over there. Don, I'm so proud of you, brother. Good godly pride, man. And um, I can't wait to get back there as soon as we're able to. But do you know what? I, I, I'm not a racist. I just didn't think about Cambodia before I got to know them. I just, just didn't think about them. Love Cambodians, yeah, they're nice. But God has shown me his love for Cambodia. And I wanna reach them. I wanna reach out to them, stretch further than I can actually stretch. The reason why we're able to plant church, I think church is because you grabbed hold of this. We will love them and be able to help them and support them. Why? It's further than we can reach, but we reach it anyway. That's what love does. Just when you think you've got no more love to give, your capacity's reached, you've got that last bit, uh, you give that love out, maybe you've got a whole bunch of children right now. Congratulations to the Ottaways, number five is here this morning. Beautiful baby. For those of you who have not met the baby yet. I've lost my track. Oh yeah, maybe you've given all the love you can, but what God does gives you the capacity for more and you can pour out a little bit more. I look at the community in which we're in here right now and I see a lot of people and it seems sometimes it's very overwhelming. You think, how can we, how do we pour out that much love on them? Well, we can't, but God can. And he gives us the power to do that. Through the loving, I will show you a better way. Just love them. And the Holy Spirit gives us the capacity to do that. Helps us to see what we cannot see, what can't be seen. Helps us to stretch further than we normally would be able to. But the third thing is this. This love drives you into action. Remember 2012? Facebook was just really getting started. Social media was really on the growth. And this thing called Coney 2012 went around. Hashtag Coney 2012. This guy I can't say many nice words about, but I've got to love him anyway, I suppose. <laughs> called Coney was stealing children from families and putting them in an army and treating them very badly. And the world found out about it in Uganda. And everybody put this hashtag, 
Coney 2012, let's do something about this. Coney 2012, and everybody hashtag Coney 2012. Do you know Coney is still 2021? Do you know Coney is still operating? Because no one got anything into action. I don't want to be that sort of Christian. I don't want to just say, oh, I love them. We're very good with liking and loving things on Facebook and, and social media, but this love drives us into action. Gets our legs moving. Gets our hands reaching out. Do something about it. And I want to say, Strong Nation Church, you've done something about it several times, but we're not done yet. We've got lots more to do. Love is action. Love is only love when it actually is in action, really. What's that old song? A bell is a, just a bell. A song is not a song until you sing it. A bell is not a bell until you ring it. That love in your heart is not meant to stay. Love is not love until you give it away. Like that? Wish I wrote it. Rogers and Hammerstein wrote it. I think it was actually Hammerstein, yeah. Love is not love until you give it away. I can prophesy, do all these amazing things, but without love, I'm just a gong making noise. But when I put it into action, wow. The love of God drives us into action. And you know, fortunately, business is booming. We've got plenty of opportunities to show it. Loving those who are hurting, loving those who don't have. You know, I've got to tell you, I'm amazed how much food we're able to give away. In fact, just talking to someone on the phone yesterday, I've got a dozen loaves of bread. How can we get it into Windsor High School? We'll get it in there, just get it. He's gonna deliver it tomorrow morning. It'll be breakfast this week, cheese toasties, or just normal toast with Vegemite or something like that. Giving kids breakfast, loving a bunch of kids with our action. We've got plenty of it, but we need more there's much more people to love. And I think as the church walks in step with the Holy Spirit, we actually get that action happening. A pastor wrote down a story that I read and it really moved me. It was about a young mum. It was um, in the morning, she just got her kids off to school and her husband off the work and she's washing the dishes. And as she was washing the dishes, this darkness descended upon her. And she thought, how many times have I washed this dish? She started thinking about her life. And the more she thought about it, the deeper she fell into a well, emotionally. She put down the dish and she went and packed her bags and walked out of the house. A week later, she rings her husband. Honey, where are you? I can't tell you. Would you please come on home? No. I just want to know if you're okay and the kids are okay. For months, she would ring every week. Just want to know if you're okay. That's all. Please, please come home. We'll work it out. I need, honey, please come home. No. The kids okay? Well, this husband of hers, he hired a private investigator. And within a couple of weeks, found that she was living interstate above a cafe in which she was serving as a waitress. 
So he went and tracked her down, the husband. Knocked on the door. She opens the door. Doesn't say a word. Turns around. Goes into her bedroom and packs her bags. Grabs the suitcase and walks out and says, let's go. Gets in the car, drives hours home. Walks in. He said, honey, I'm just going to ask you. Why didn't you come before? Every time I spoke to you, I begged you to come home. He said, I knew you'd say it. I just didn't know whether you'd come and get me. I just didn't know whether you'd put it into action. See, that's the sort of love Jesus showed us. We were done and dusted. We'd sinned and fallen out of God's glory. We're not even able to be in His glory. He didn't just say, come home. He came to earth, paid the price and got us home because He loved us. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Hey, disciples, I'm about to leave planet earth now. Love one another as I have loved you. Action. We can see what others can't see. We can reach further than what we normally could reach. And we get into action. No one ever on their deathbed ever said, I should have spent more time at the office. I think we could say, boy, I'm glad I put my love into action. That's what it's about, church. You want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit? That's the key. You want to use His power in your life? He wants to show you a better way. And that better way is love. Let me pray for you. Why don't we all stand where we are? The Holy Spirit's here right now. And as I was preparing this message, I believe the Lord said there's going to be people hearing this message, either live or maybe a recording or at home or in hospital. Praying for you, Andy. Mate, those injuries are huge, but you're bigger. You're stronger. Andy, and you've got a, you've got a journey for God, with God to journey on, mate. And we're going to help you through that. But mate, I know God's with you. He's what you need. I want to be used with power, love. There's people here who are listening to this sermon somewhere and you need a good dose of love, of Jesus' love into your life. Maybe it's because you're feeling dissatisfied in life. Maybe you're feeling right now very dry. Maybe you're feeling like you want to run 100 miles away in a state and work at a diner somewhere. Nah. He's come for you. He's come for your marriage. He's come for your family. He's come for you. 
He's here right now. The power of the Holy Spirit is here right now. Just ask Him, Lord, I need your love right now. And watch what He does. He'll just pour it out on you. Lord, would you just pour out your love upon people here? Thank you, Lord. Would you minister deep within their spirit? Right now, just receive it. Just with faith, receive your healing. With faith, just receive the ability to forgive. You do know there's no emotional healing without forgiveness. We're hurting, yes. What was done to you was painful. Forgiveness is your key, brother, sister. Because that's where love dwells, right there in forgiveness. Now, Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit in us, would you help us love like you loved everywhere we go? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, kids, what number did we get to? We've got to count the tally. Okay, if you're within 60, you get a prize from Elijah. If you're at home, parents, maybe a veggie might sandwich or something. <laughs> Some jelly beans, whatever. Maybe cucumber or stick or something like that. Whatever. Anyway, God bless you all. Have a fantastic Sunday. We'll see you next week.